I suppose it comes back to an attitude, like even though I came out of hospital, my, my leg healed and over a period of time, my head healed to a point. It really came down to making a decision that, hey, I'm, I'm the breadwinner. Um, I made a commitment to my wife, I'd look after her and my, my kids. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Sharm and in this episode, we're speaking with Raymond Hempstead, the Managing Director of One Contract Property. Previously an accountant, his life was changed in an instant over 20 years ago which led him to where he is now. Hempstead didn't let a mountain of obstacles get in his way and he certainly wasn't waiting until he was 57 to become a success. A big part of Hempstead's day is running his business. He helps people buy property using their superannuation and has an 8-year public product ruling across this aspect. He's a testament to overcoming the odds to make every minute of life count, starting at 4am most days. I do some quiet time, so for the first hour and a half, it's um, on me and then I get into the office, emails, um, planning, to-do list, um, what properties we've got coming up, what settlements. Um, and then we have we end up start the day with the team at eight thirty with a um, a teams meeting with all the people in the office and Zoom meetings for the staff out around the country, and then we're into our day. Working from home has been a blessing as it allows him to use his space productively and takes away his commute from Dural to the CBD. We've got a um, a tri level house, and so the lower ground level of the house has been converted into the offices, and we have um, sixteen staff that come here. Um, most days, like the BDMs are out on the road. Um, they, if they're if they're not out on the road meetings, then they're, they're in here. But yeah, we've got a, a fairly good work environment. I reckon a really good work environment and culture across the business. But yeah, and but there's a, there's a door that comes down the stairs into the office, and at the end of the day, it's nice to shut that door at times. <laughs> I know I've fallen into that trap some mornings where I know there's a lot of stuff on, a bit of stress, and instead of getting up and going for my walk, I'll come down to the office at four o'clock, and I find. <laughs> And I find those days that I miss my walk and the quiet time um, a lot harder. So literally being focused and going, doing the walk, doing the exercise, having the quiet time, reflecting um, and then starting the day, I find those days go much better. One way he's found to reduce stress is to incorporate exercise into his day and he doesn't need to leave home for that either. I suppose we're blessed. I've got a, a 300 meter driveway going up to the road and it's got a bit of a good incline to it. So it's half an hour walking up and back there so I'm, I'm off the road but yeah it's still dark like a, a funny story the other morning we get our bins collected on monday morning and I, I pulled one of the bins back down the driveway and the neighbors next door and this is this was actually a little bit earlier i started but the noise of the rubbish bin actually woke up the the roosters and so literally there was half a dozen roosters around the surrounding properties that were going off their tree at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't think my neighbours liked me that morning. <laughs> Hempstead grew up in Quimbian, just outside of Canberra. He attended local public schools before he left when he was 18, choosing Sydney over nearby Canberra for one very good reason. I didn't want to become a public servant. I'd, I'd, actually, I'd actually left school in year 11, got my real estate qualifications, um, real estate sales and agency course. And I, I sold property in North Lynham in ACT when it was a greenfield site and I hated it. 
Um, it was like, it just, back then it just wasn't for me, it didn't suit me. And I came back to the restaurant one night with my fiance and um, I quit. And she said, look, what are you going to do? And I said, I, I don't know. And like, this is how much thought I gave to my future. I'm sitting there eating pasta. And she said, and now understand, I've been engaged for like three or four weeks. So she's really excited by that decision. <laughs> and it, it's like, what are you, she said, what, you, you're really good at maths at school. Why don't you become an accountant? And I literally, between mouthfuls, I, I took a mouthful and I said, okay. And two weeks later, I had a trainee accountancy role with a, a medium-sized chartered accountant firm in North Sydney. And so I did that for the next 16 years. Yeah. Growing up in Queanbeyan meant that he got to experience a countryside childhood where he had the ability to hop on his bike and ride to his heart's content. And I had some mates that used to have property, um, probably a 45-50 minute ride outside of Queanbeyan. And so just being able to spend time out um, in the country on that side. When I was growing up, that was really nice. Back then, it was just a normal road, like a road racer. So it was a, it was a, it was a big ride going out towards Burra. If anybody knows the Queanbeyan area, going out to Burra, past Gugong Dam, um, out that side. Uh, it's a nice countryside out there. The reason he got into real estate was because of his dad. He and some other influential adults in his life after he finished school taught him much more than he expected to learn. I love my dad, very, very brilliant man with computers, not so much with finances. Like he was a work, he was a great work, he taught me some great work ethics. But when I left school, I had a part-time job in a, in a shoe store and the owners, Joe and Maria, they actually took me under their wing and um, I started as a trainee manager in their shoe store. But they, they were small business owners and also property investors. So that was the start of my understanding about one business but also into property and what property could do so um, I take my head off to Joe and Maria they gave me a lot of information and education around that in what they were doing I think they had back then they had six properties across ACT um, that they were, they were they were renting out and investing in he literally took me he had two girls and he had he literally took me on um, under his wing like his son like I was still an employee but I was I was privy to how they ran the business, the cash flow, the stock control, how you like in the shoe store, how you're ordering, you're ordering six months in advance for next season's fashions. Or they had a 24-hour supermarket that I was involved with, like working in there with them. Again, stock control, the day-to-day processes, even like even silly things, like and everybody understands, just dusting down shelves. Like i I had my dad taught me a great work ethic and I was a good worker, but up until then, I wasn't exposed to business and what the potential of business and property could do. There was a blessing actually meeting them. The job helped him to open his eyes to the potential opportunities that were out there, as well as to take him to new places. We even got on site and because I was cheap labour, um, <laughs> we um, actually even doing um, earthworks, like just doing some renos on that side of it. Um, and I got to fly up to Queensland a few times with them because they were looking at properties in Queensland. We got to fly around um, and actually inspect properties and the potential purchases that they were looking at that stage as well. So it was a huge, huge eye-opener. While Hempster was working with John and Maria, they encouraged him to get his real estate qualifications. What started as an offhand suggestion ultimately changed the course of his life. I did it with, along with Maria, the wife, and we went to read TAFE down in ACT. 
the plan was to actually move to Queensland together and start up a real estate agency in Queensland. Um, and during that period of time, I'd met my, I met my now wife and my fiance. And so I made a decision at that stage to actually step away from them, which was heartbreaking for them and for me, but um, step away from them and start selling in North Line in an ACT. And I did that for about three and a half months. And that's where I went from that. Um, and yeah, it didn't, it didn't suit who I was at that stage in the, in the, in the direct selling. <laughs> and I was an 18 year old kid. Like I've got a few grays now. And people, people said to me, Raymond, you're not, never going to be successful in real estate until you go grey. And I said, I've got to wait until 57 to, to become successful. <laughs> but, yeah, when, when you're an 18, 19-year-old kid trying to sell someone a four and five and $600,000 property, it was a challenging time. It was interesting though. So three months after that, you had that decision and then after that, it was pretty much straight to Sydney. Is that what happened? In those few minutes that I was thinking about it, a lot of my friends and family were in the in the government service um, or public servants and I I didn't see myself that um, and so then when my wife said become an accountant it was like okay um, so then I spent the next two weeks like the next couple of days applying for jobs um, and then driving back up and down between Queanbeyan and Sydney for interviews Coming up after the break, he details how his first day on the job wasn't quite what he expected. And I rock up to work on Monday, all excited on how his business mindset took him to Bathurst. My wife fell pregnant fairly quickly and then our first child was born um, 13 months later. So it was very much focused on business, how I can make money, how I can support my, my family. He explains how attitude is everything. And I could have easily sat back and just whinged and bitched and complained or just get out there and do something. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sharm and you're listening to Property Investory. In his quest for an accounting role outside of the public service, Hempstead successfully landed a job. He thought he'd walk in on his first day and get to work. But his new company had other plans. DH and Co, the company I was working with, said, okay, you start on Monday, great. So I found myself a little shoebox in the back of a house that was a converted house. It was like literally a, um, a converted laundry. It had a bed in it and a fridge um, in North Sydney. And so I, I got that on like a Saturday and I was supposed to start work on the Monday and I rock up to work on Monday, all excited. I'm, and I walk up, catch the lift up to the floor and it's gutted. There's nothing there. <laughs> so like I'm, I'm beside myself. I've just moved from Queanbeyan to Sydney. I'm, I'm here and the place is deserted. Um, like long story short, over the weekend, they'd actually like previously to me starting, they'd bought a building about um, two streets away and they'd bought a three-story building themselves. But no one, no, one remind, no one remembered to actually tell me that to rock up at the new building, not the old building. So there was a couple of days of, and their phones weren't connected. And so I literally a couple of days before we connected again and I came, yeah, I was literally looking to move back to um, Queanbeyan again and they caught me and then, yeah, then we started. It was an older building, but they'd gutted it and, and fitted it out nicely. Um, so it was, it was nice. Like I'm coming into a, um, a medium-sized chartered accounting office as a newbie. 
um, and yeah, just like I love the smell of the new. I love the smell of new property as you walk in, and like that. That that I still remember that today, um, going up the stairs and walking in. But yeah, that that was an exciting time. He stayed in accounting for sixteen years, but didn't stay with one company for the entire time. After getting married, who moved on with his career. Um, and then I went as an assistant financial controller with a, an Australian-Chinese joint venture company. Um, and then after that, I moved out into my own businesses. Um, but what, while I was with the H&Co, I was, I was exposed to, I suppose, the high end or the, the bigger end of construction in, um, in dealing with multiplex. So where back then there was a lot of, a lot of subcontractors going broke on multiplex construction sites. And so the, the accounting firm had a relationship with multiplex. They would actually audit any subcontractors coming onto site. And if they failed the audit, then the, the, the accountancy practice um, would take over the management of that company while they're on the, on the multiplex site. So I got, I got to um, be involved in Sky Garden up here in Sydney, Grosvenor Square, um, and then also then go back down to Canberra in Tuggeranong Town Centre as that was being developed up, um, where a range of these subcontractors um, didn't pass the audit. They were great, great tradies, but they just needed a bit of um, financial management on the way through. So being able to walk through sites and construction sites and see, see that side of it, um, that, that was a big eye-opener. Um, in my, I suppose, my real estate construction journey. With all these experiences that you learned from meeting all these contractors and, and so forth like that, did that also sort of engage you back into property as well or were you just um, staying within the accounting realm for that period of time? I moved out of accountancy and I moved be, out to be self-employed across a, a range of businesses. And because I got married young and we literally had our first child um, in month 13 of being married so it, it was a fit it was get married my wife fell pregnant fairly quickly and then our first child was born um, 13 months later so it was very much focused on business how I can make money how I can support my my family because we made a decision back then that my wife would be a full-time mum and she wouldn't work anymore and so and, and I suppose we've been blessed for the last 34 years that she has been been able to do that, be a full-time mum for all this period of time with our kids. But, so it was a lot of business and running business and investing into business. Um, our first foray into, and so we rented for a long period of time. The first foray into property was um, building some new houses up in, in Bathurst, in one of the new estates up there. So we, there was a couple of land subdivisions. Actually, if I go back, um, while, while I was with the accounting firm, um, they, they'd actually offered me to cover a mortgage or co-sign a mortgage for me when I was in the accounting firm. And when, when I, we went away on our honeymoon and one of our major clients actually um, donated their holiday home in Queensland for our honeymoon, which was fantastic. So yeah, the, that, was the, that was the directors of John R. Turk and Sons Electric Wholesalers. So while we were up there, we were, we were travelling around and enjoying ourselves, but I went over a place called Lamb Island and there were some investment properties over there. And so that was that was literally the first decision to buy a property at that stage. Um, and we put it, we put a deposit down, came back. Um, that ended up not going ahead, but that was my first foray into property investing because I could actually see, okay, 
buy the property, have tenants, pay it off, um, and then have the long-term security. So that was the start of it. Um, but then after I was married, um, the Bathurst properties were the first ones that we um, built and designed. It was great. Um, they were Rawson homes. They were build, building out that way. And so we, we modified the designs um, to, how, to how I wanted them or how I, I saw them. One of, one of the, I suppose, one of the, one of the mistakes, I always, I always looked at the property as not that necessarily if it was mine, but what I would like, how I'd like it if I was living there as a tenant. So I looked at it from the tenant's eyes. Um, and so the things that I got Rawson's to do was to minimise the maintenance, uh, minimise the, the, yeah, the maintenance, the upkeep from the, my side that being the landlord, but also how, how it makes it easier for the tenant um, so I took it from that point of view as well. That subdivision was completed in two stages on opposite sides of a hill, one of which with the view that motorsports enthusiasts will know well. The second one actually looked right across Bathurst, up across Mount Panorama. So that, that was a really nice that was a really nice block. So we bought those off the plan um, in a new subdivision and um, yeah, just pushed on from there. So that was nice. The subdivision was being done by the land developer. I just put, I just purchased two blocks um, from him off the plan. All seemed to be going well for Hempstead until... I ended up losing them. And the reason I got out of accounting at, for 16 years, I had, um, I had a motorbike accident when I was coming home from work one day. Um, and I had some major head injuries. A few weeks before that, I had an argument with my um, insurance broker and I cancelled all my insurances. So guys... Don't cancel insurances. <laughs> now here, here I'm, I'm running running a, um, a consultancy business um, in accounting and bookkeeping. Wife with two kids at home. The third child was just my son was born. He was four months old. Um, and I cancelled my insurance. I was always going to replace them, but I just never got around to it. And driving home from an accounting client one evening, um, I ended up under the front two wheels of a... Um, um, an international traveller that looked the wrong way. So that, because of that, um, I had to get, I, I couldn't do accounting anymore. Like my head injury, I had some bad head injuries. I was at the brain injury unit down at Westmead in Sydney. Um, and a set of accounts, like a financial set of accounts, literally were black on white to me. They meant nothing. And so I had, I had um, a long period of time in recovery. So we lost, we lost the houses. We had to get out of our business. Um, yeah, and so that was a really hard time because of my silly decision in cancelling my insurances. <laughs> During a time that was so challenging in so many different ways, he couldn't seem to catch a break. It took five years to get compensation um, because of the accident and my because the legislation changed, because I had severe head injury, the legislation changed like a year or two beforehand where... Um, the degree of brain injury you had to have to get like millions of dollars payout. Um, I ended up being like 0.25% under that. And so I missed out. And so like we spent five years fighting and having QCs and all the rest of it. And we got a, we got a pittance for um, the compensation. Hey, it is what it is. But um, yeah, so that, that was a hard time in that side. So I ended up having to, and I suppose, because I, at that stage the properties were negatively geared, if I had have had positively geared properties, it wouldn't have been a problem because they would have looked after themselves. But because they were negatively geared, um, that made 
yeah, that was that was just the writing on the wall that I couldn't actually hold them. I couldn't work for nearly six months, um, even though I tried. I had I had my my left leg had I had to have surgery and have pin like a rod put in my left leg. Um, but then I couldn't do accounting. I, I maintained some consultants that I had employed, but then anyway, I, I got stabbed in the back by a, a few of those and a couple of the accounting firms I work with. But they just backdoored me and took the accountants, uh, took my staff, which was which wasn't nice. Um, and then I, I ended up reaching out to one of my um, smaller accountancy clients, and um, then I ended up selling, going and selling. Look, I'll um, I'll sell shop fitting for you um, because I hey I can, I can go and talk to people, I can sell, and um, so that that then started bringing in some money on that side of it. The accident affected him in countless ways and in all facets and areas of his life. Any noise louder than what we're talking now during that six to 12 months, um, I'd, I'd just go mental. Like it was just, um, yeah, it, it was, it was I, I take my head up to my wife and my kids for putting up with me for that that time because I was, I was not the same man that I am um, or that I was. It was a hard time for my family coming through that and just dealing with their dad that's going a bit crazy at times. <laughs> Head injuries are well known to have the potential to change who you are, either temporary or permanently. Thankfully, Hempstead had been able to overcome the majority of challenges he was presented with. I suppose it comes back to an attitude, like even though I came out of hospital, my, my leg healed and over a period of time, my head healed to a point. It really came down to making a decision that, hey, I'm, I'm the breadwinner. Um, I made a commitment to my wife, I'd look after her and my, my kids. Um, and I could have easily sat back and just whinged and bitched and complained or just get out there and do something. And so that, that's what I did. I just got out there and worked um, and found, I found something that I could do um, to, make, to generate some money. You mentioned you went out and did some sales work as well, consultancy work after that. But how long after? Would, would have been at least more than six months. Probably 12 months afterwards that I got involved and started doing that um, and then going out and selling. Like even during the process in the healing time, I I tried to, like, again, I'd had surgery. My leg was in, in plaster, um, literally driving to to see one of my international clients into the, in the city. I'd drive there and I'd have the leg, my leg up, raised up and driving into the city because by the time I go from, uh, we were living in um, Doonside in Sydney at that stage. From Doonside to the city, my leg, I got to the city and my leg was just swollen. So, um, yeah, I, I, I tried to do stuff, but the, I just kept on hitting limitations with my, my mental capacity. Um, and my, I suppose because of the noise sensitivity the head in, from the head injury, um, that, was, that held me back quite a bit as well. And because of what I was doing, I, I, had, um, I did a lot of training and support of internal accountants or bookkeepers of the businesses. So even though I ne wasn't necessarily doing the hands-on work, I was training them and, and um, just monitoring their progress and making sure what they're doing was correct so then we could report back to their external accountants accordingly. So it was still a lot of, um, yeah, a lot, lot of head work that I, I couldn't do. <laughs> Thank you.
Raymond Hempstead's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. He shares the highs and lows of working in specific industries. And then we had a disagreement on pay because I was on commission only. The days and nights where he was lucky to get a wink of sleep in a 24-hour period. I can make some good money in demolition, in retail demolition. So I went out and sold during the day. He describes his not-so-peaceful European family holiday. I went to Italy with the family um, during that period of time for holiday. And again, my phone was on. I had a team here in Australia working. And that's next time on Property Investory.